Welcome to the Millionaire Next Door podcast with Robert Curtis, CFP, accredited investment fiduciary from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. In this podcast, we help successful wealth accumulators like you looking to transition to a work optional lifestyle by helping you build strategies for growing and maintaining your wealth. Robert draws from years of experience and fiduciary responsibility and interviews guest experts to help you build reliable strategies to grow and maintain your wealth. Now, on to the show. Great. Well, good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Millionaire Next Door podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I have a guest, definitely excited uh, to be sharing on the program with you. His name is Tyson Ray. He's from Form Wealth Advisors. He's actually another financial advisor, and I'll let him tell his story when we get when I introduce him. But we come from a similar background. I, I did a podcast several weeks back with my coach at Pareto Systems. We've both been through that process, and so we share that. And my overall sense is that Tyson is is a consummate professional, you know, and like myself. He's always working on him, you know, himself, improving his team and his process and his professionalism. And it's kind of just an ongoing, continuous effort. So with that, I'd like to welcome uh, Tyson Ray from Form Wealth Advisors. Welcome, Tyson. Thank you for having me on, Robert. Yeah, 100%. We're really excited. And I'm just really excited to be able to collaborate with another professional and share some thoughts. And, you know, rather than competition, I sort of think of if you had these two doctors at a pretty little level in different parts of the country, it'd be great if they just compared notes and collaborated. So that's a little bit of the vision I had today. You also have a new book. So we want to talk about that. You've given it a lot of thought. Well, want you open up and share a little bit about your story, your your process, your approach. Yeah. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I again thank you for having me on. I love the name of the podcast and and uh the reality that there's just a lot of people that that have uh, spent a lot of time trying to cum- to accumulate a lot of money and then at certain thresholds and a million dollars is definitely one of them, they start seeking advice. And unfortunately, as you're aware in this industry, passing licensing to become a financial advisor doesn't make you a good financial advisor any more than getting, you know, passing to get your driver's license doesn't necessarily make you a good driver. And I wrote this book. uh, It's my second attempt at trying to basically help financial advisors kind of see the light that the Pareto coaching gives us the, some of the processes and things that you're doing for your own clients, because a lot of advisors are out there and they're provided with just tools that show performance reports looking backwards as their value add is somehow, this is how I've done with the portfolio when most clients are looking forward and trying to understand what do they need to do with their money. And the best part of what we've learned in this business and what Pareto teaches and the coaching they provide and others out there is it's really about building a relationship that's takes into consideration everything. And that's why we named the book, the total relationship. And so the point is to try and help clients that aren't our clients have a different expectation of their advisors, with the hope of trying to change this financial industry away from the product focus and the money focus to the people focus. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I've been doing this over 25 years with second and third generation clients. So I've seen that and there was a big emphasis on that. And there, there still is, or sometimes I get in discussions, but there's, there's so much more going on. I think, for example, to really bring it home, what if we just, you know, we set up, we grew their wealth, we kept growing it, we kept growing it, but the estate plan was set out all wrong and it didn't do what their wishes were, but yet we drove it bigger and bigger, but it was unsuccessful in achieving what they want. That would be a total disaster, you know? So it's to focus on those other nuance, what's really important, you know, living their bucket list, et cetera. But it takes a long time and there's such a bias in the industry pushing us towards those numbers or an expectation from certain clients that you'll deliver or that you'll you'll deliver this much performance above certain benchmarks but what what is that all for we we dive deeper and say why why is that is that important what are your you know it's your life this is not an index that's arbitrarily created what does that have to do with your hopes your goals your aspirations your family your health all your wishes so i i think we're on Hundred percent, but it takes time to delve down and to reset expectations because a lot of stuff's been um, sort of um, that's the story that's been woven or the expectation. Well, and I think too many advisors are waiting for the client to reach out and and then they just respond to whatever the request is instead of having a relationship with the client to try and help prepare for what's coming. And and to your point, I, I think I, you're conversation about just building wealth or your comment about just building wealth and 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 the estate at the end uh took me back to a client that I had early in my career was at the end of her life and it was one of those scenarios where there wasn't a lot left to do and I was assigned to go have the review and and what I remember most about going and seeing this client is she was so conservative that she wouldn't open up a soda if she wasn't able to share it with somebody because at her age, she couldn't finish mm. the whole thing. And I would go meet with her and it was kind of like the book Tuesdays uh, with Maury. This was my kind of version of this, that I'd go and meet with this woman. And depending on the time I was meeting with her, she would either reflect back on the things in her life and she didn't have kids and her husband had passed years before, but she would reflect back in her life and she would share the things that she was happy about or the memories she would have. And then I'd show up at a, a different meeting and it'd be an entirely different paradigm. And she would tell me the things she wished she would have done. And what I gleaned from that is she had this multi-million dollar portfolio and somewhere along the way, she didn't have someone that would that was there to encourage her to go do some of those things because almost all mm -hmm. of those things had a financial component to it. And yeah. that's where I started realizing, wait, the job is not so much focusing just on the money. It's focusing on what do you want to do with this money? And and sometimes it's it's spending it or taking it out. And and what I found in the same 25 years I've been doing this, uh, like you, is I spend more of my time trying to convince the client to go and enjoy that which way they have. Most people that I find ha that have money have been savers and that's mm -hmm. how they built the wealth. But this mindset yep. of shifting into retirement and now I'm going to try and live off of this, all of a sudden they, you know, no, they want to keep saving. And it's just like, no, I say a lot that for, for the clients that we work with that you've saved for later and later is now in retirement. And so now what are we going to do with some of this excess or mm -hmm. profits or incomes or different things? Because just to build it, you're going to sit here in 20 or 30 years and, and be that a client that I experienced 
early in my career that's now going to have regrets because now you can't do it. And she had said to me, and it's in the book that, you know, this money to her became what she called black ink on white paper because it no longer had a meaning or a purpose Mm. that she was going to enjoy and take in. And again, the reviews that the that financial advisors are being taught to have, or gosh, the millions and millions and millions of dollars are being spent on technology so we can have a performance report that has a pretty pie chart and colors and we can go back in time and show how we compared to what isn't the job. The job is trying to figure out in the next six to 12 months, what do you want to do if you can? And can you? And can mm-hmm. we fund it? And where can that come from? And to try and equip these advisors to have a different conversation with their client and try and help the client realize what they really need from an advisor as to how to live a better life with what they have. 100%. Yeah. I, you know, I say we we liberate them to live their lives, you know, and sort of check these bucket list items off. And I, as time goes by, in any given week, I get interactions or I've got a client, you know, just all these vacations there at the the French Open and, you know, watching tennis because that's been a bucket list item. Or I got a guy who did a major swim at age 60 um, over in Spain across some strait in Gibraltar. That's um, it's pretty, pretty intense thing to do. But, you know, that was his bucket list or a woman who just visited Patagonia and oh, I, I'd wow. see her Facebook posts and, you know, and uh, even I, I explained on another, pro- I had a call, my assistant took it where a client with not not huge resources, she's she's had hip surgeries, knee surgeries, deep into her 80s, lost her husband, but she wanted to liquidate a certain amount, pretty good amount, 40 grand. She was traveling to Hungary and Turkey and with her, and I thought, my goodness, this is great. I mean, you're literally pulling money out of the portfolio, but you're you're living your life, you're doing these things, you're mobile, you know, you're in your mid 80s, go, go enjoy that, you know, whatever that is, whatever that means. Um, And there's other folks we see quite a bit on the healthcare side, where all of a sudden, now there's some large distributions coming out to a healthcare provider, you know, and that's how that money will be spent, unfortunately. So, I get a lot of joy out of that and just sort of encouraging them that they can do that now because they've been in that saver mindset and that's why they're in that position. And maybe they want to shower their kids or grandkids with with some gifts, you know, go for it. Yeah. They, you're reminding me of the client that I met with before the financial crisis and, and they had a very content uh, life. And they had this excess in the portfolios. And I, I was just like, what would you want to do if you could? And all of a sudden, out of the blue, they were like, we want to take a three-week vacation to Egypt to see the pyramids. And I was like, well, okay, like, let's talk about like, what, what is that going to like mm-hmm. high level? What do you think that's going to cost? And all of a sudden she spit out, you know, 30 grand. And I'm like, okay, well, let's take some of the profits that we had in 2007 and set it aside in the bank. And now you can plan your trip. And they did. And, and they started planning for it. We talked about it. It was exciting. About a month before they left on this trip, the brother of this couple, uh, her brother, called me and said, hey, I need 30 grand from my account to go on a trip. And by this time, the markets had corrected. And it's like, well, wait a second. You never like you didn't tell me. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I started realizing our job is to get in front of what is it that you want to do so we can try and prepare where those resources are because the market gives and takes away. 
And I think yep. too many financial advisors are out there just cutting checks for people when they call out of the blue at the random or appeasing the client at the moment in time that if they would just ask a few more proactive, forward-looking, if they cared enough about that relationship to look and get off the performance report and look into the future of what the client's needs, they can add so much more value and protect the client from themselves so much more. And it's a privilege to do. And in between that vacation example or another example where early in my career, someone came to me, they had gotten an inheritance and and basically said, here, we want to set us, set this $100,000 aside for, for my retirement. And we're going to get these long-term investments. And, and again, this is some 20 some years ago and we set it aside. And uh, about a year and a half later, I get a phone call on a Monday morning. They need 80 grand because they bought a car. And it's like, Wait a second. I thought this was, and I realized I didn't ask them when, you know, I didn't go through. It's almost what I found is our job as financial advisors is to help the client realize all the reasons why they shouldn't make that long term investment because they have a short term need. Because if we make those short term investments or take those short term dollars and put them in a long term investment, we don't control, no one controls what the markets are going to do in the short term. And part of having that total relationship is going through that process of just understanding all that. And too many advisors, in my opinion, are too busy taking in that money, giving the client what they want and realizing that's not what they needed later on, which is a permanent regret and often can damage the client's financial situation. That's a super good point. And for any clients I have that are listening, anytime you can brought, you know, you can let me know something's coming up. I'm thinking about this. This is, you know, yeah. let's try and prepare for that. And we can use the markets when things are toppy, you know, like it was this summer. We were sort of like, hey, we're on a bull market, but I I don't exactly get it because I don't think we solved anything here. And sure enough, they've pulled back. But when we can, that that is really desirable to free that up. There's there's other times too, and I'm sure you see it a lot. We do get calls, things they didn't plan on, things change, funds are just needed. They got a bill, they got this, and then we just need to free it up. And then I do try and be kind and do it as productively. I have a process that's named our process, objective, unemotional, rules-based. We go through that. And sometimes they're really pained that they have to pull these things from their portfolio. They feel, but I'm like, look, this is life. Things come up. You have to take care of things. So it, it ha, and I let them know it's literally every day of the week. It's not ideal, but if they can let us know ahead of time, we can probably time that a little bit better. And we enjoy making it's their money, those resources available. But to anybody who kind of has an emergency and they need to pull, you know, most of them have saved a good amount outside and they deal with that, but sometimes they have to reach back into this. So, you know, it, it comes up a lot and then we have a very formal process we go through in determining how we would actually do that and what's the most productive and maybe what's changed in the market where maybe you ought to lighten up here and, and stick along that too. But let's free this up because, you know, this is all for you to you, to live your life. We, we never forget that. So Yeah. And the, um, and the biggest point there that we can't, uh, both of us can't communicate enough to our clients and want to encourage those that aren't clients to be, you got to over communicate. You start, and, and I don't know where I came up with the dollar amount and it's, the, I think the dollar amount doesn't really matter. But what we try and say to, to people is, hey, when you, you know, most people don't spend over $5,000 
without thinking about it for a while, right? Mm -hmm. And when you start thinking, we just say this all the time, when you start thinking you're going to spend whatever that is, and it's over 5,000, let us know. Even if you're going to take it out of your bank account, because what happens is you take enough money out of your bank account, eventually you give us the phone call because the lower those bank balances go, the higher your anxiety goes to the reactions of the market that are bouncing around. And the behavioral finance that's out there says that if you attach a dollar amount, so if your portfolio fluctuates, if you have a million dollar next door, you have your portfolio of a million dollars, million dollars goes down by a hundred grand. If you go and attach that temporary loss to a something you need, like a car, Mm -hmm. so you would call your motions, your brain says, I just lost my car in the markets. Mm -hmm. And behavioral finance says the tendency is then you go buy the car, which is another hit to the portfolio. Right. Because that somehow you're like, well, I can't lose my, I can't do it again. So I better go get that money because I got to go get that car. And, and the whole point of the total relationship or the whole point of over communicating your needs in advance will allow your advisor to prepare you for the money set aside for the car. We want to set aside whatever it is you need into the future so that when the markets are fluctuating, they're just fluctuating. And you're not emotionally attaching it to a specific need you have or a want mm-hmm. you have into the future. And um, again, I think way too many advisors are spending their time investing money and not having any of these conversations. And, and that's why the coaching at Pareto has helped us. That's why I wanted to jump on your podcast here because it's like, yeah. hey, this is like a ministry. This is like a like a, we feel like we're prophets, and you're on one side of the country. I'm on the other side of the country. Let's 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 just let's just get the word out that hey, mm-hmm. you got to talk to us. You got to let us know, as, you know, because I when you're sitting at your kitchen table deciding what ne- you're going to take for the trip for next year, uh, let us know, right? Because all these things become a financial expense at some point. And we want to understand where that's coming from, even if it's just coming from the bank account, because we may need to replenish that bank account. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, that's why we schedule regular calls, interactions, strategy and tactical meetings, you know, but it's not just a rehash. It's not a rehash of what happened last quarter. It's it's very future pacing. Where are we going? We would love to get into these aspirational qualities, you know, there's something you're called form wealth advisors. That's, you know, I know where that comes from, family, occupation, recreation. So we really try and foster those discussions. But the better we know, folks, the better I'm dealing with someone right now who's asked me to do a full financial plan. They're making very good money, very successful, medium sized portfolio, but they freely admit they are just spenders. They're spending like crazy. They don't want to do a budget there. So they want to kind of kind of delve into that. And so we're starting to, you know, freely, I, I told them flat out, I hate doing budgets, even on my own household. I hate having a little line item for everything. And, you know, I want to live a little bit more aspirationally, but we're going to delve into that with them and, and, and drive through a lot of those questions in the process. So I, I think there's a lot of value to that. Otherwise, you're just always trying to beat some number or run you know, get some score. It's just very, it's not very satisfying as opposed to living life. And, you know, maybe they gift off money to a kid or a grandkid or things like that. It's just really, really rewarding. And I I sense you're right in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people, I find our our role becomes much more about the permission business than the investment business. (laughs) giving yeah. people permission. And some people, you can spend a lot as long as you're making sure you're saving a lot along the way. And that's where financial planning can come in handy. It, it can kind of remove the the fear, the regret that, or or not allowing, you know, some people have this 
uh, buyer's remorse, if you will. It's like, hey, if you yeah. if you're setting aside what you need for your future, then you don't have to have that regret or remorse. But a financial advisor can help you with that if that financial advisor is, you know, again focused on the planning or focused on the better life. And again, I think the you know, if we go back in history, my belief is, is that the financial industry is losing so slowly, they still think they're winning. And it has to do with product or somehow the differentiation of one investment to the other. And yet long-term averages are going to come out to their averages. And it's not so much the focus on here, I'm going to invest the money better than you or better than the other advisor as much as no, how do we help you steward better what you have, both in spending it and saving it for later. And the industry you know, 25 years ago when I started, I had to go check myself into a hotel for literally a month and I got quote unquote sales training. We were taught to sell, <laughs> you know, it was right. all about peddling product. And it was about, you know, back in the day that it was easy 25 years ago because the only place you could find out what an investment was doing is if you called a stock broker, you know, and yep. that's that's evolved, but I don't think the firm's training departments have evolved all that much. I don't think enough clients are being exposed to real financial planning or to an advisor like you and I who really care about, hey, mm-hmm. enjoy this. That's what it's for. And yet at the same time, don't enjoy it so much because then you're going to regret not being able to retire or not being able to have in the future what you need. But I think the greatest regret a lot of these savers have, a lot of your millionaire next doors have, is they don't realize, hey, you can be done. They keep working or they 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 keep saving and sacrificing and in the end have more than they need. And they could have yeah. done they could have done another vacation or they could have allowed themselves maybe that addition to the house or the or maybe that extra vacation, second home, those types of things that it allows an advisor to step into that type of relationship when you when you think bigger than the portfolio or the sale that you had. Right. And you know, so if they do overshoot their goals, and we'll see that a lot. I mean, maybe they created a seven-figure estate and they're meeting their needs. A lot of times we, I do a lot of check-ins. You know, are there things they're missing out? Are there things they want to do? What do they want their legacy to be? How would they like that to go? Maybe they've been... I sort of thought of this... Did you see the movie Ford versus Ferrari? Oh, yeah. And so, so I thought of this scene. Do you remember the scene where the guy, he's in the race, the driver, and he just has this enormous lead, right? And then the the team makes him slow down. But he's so adrenaline-driven and goal-accomplished, and he's so far ahead of it. And then he realized he could just back off and cruise. Not, Not to say you should cruise towards the end, but he was so far ahead of his goal it just never occurred to them. So so sometimes we might see in an analogous way somebody, so let's take a step back. What, how can that, if you've been more successful, how can, you know, what do you want to occur now that that's, that's there? I had I had a woman I referred to her on the podcast several months back who was, was introduced to me about a year ago, started working with her. I made reference to the fact that she's a millionaire and she sort of sheepishly said, you know, I'm not a millionaire. That's not me. I'm not that. And I'm like, I'm looking at your accounts here and I see seven figures and she was like, oh my goodness, you're right. I just, I don't even see myself in that light because she's the millionaire next door. The theme is the overnight 25 year success story. So I've seen people go from a few hundred thousand and now that it's, it's bigger than they thought they'll, they'll need it too, by the way, in most cases, because of inflation, they're still the kid that's pinching pennies, right? I mean, they never realize they have that. Yeah. Yeah, yep. or the Depression era person who, you know, or I still, I didn't grow up with a lot. I still look at what's on the menu and 
you know, I, I'm going to get what I want, but sometimes, hey, this entree is five bucks less. And I literally think about it, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it just goes back to, you know, I see my son in college right now. So, you know, when they move away and they become aware that going out is so expensive just for a meal. So yes, we, I have we, a saying inflation's for inflation's real. <laughs> I have a oh, saying yeah, for that for the, for the clients that are, that are the million, not, you know, million dollars plus, and they're worried about these hundred dollar expenses here or there. I, I I say, if, you know, feel free to be the stressed out multimillionaire that's afraid they're going to go broke, but I'm not, I'm not joining you on that. You know, you're supposed to enjoy this. That's why you saved it for later and later is now. Yeah. And so, and so you, you know, and everybody is being relearning the lesson. I think that they forgot over the last couple of years that you actually have to fight inflation before it shows up. But if you've been successful with that, then you can enjoy that meal, even though it costs more than you thought. Right. Right. Or or just the freedom to not not worry. Look, your investments are working for you. This isn't going to be the catastrophic event that that breaks you or go to the mechanic. Right. I took my daughter, my daughter's 18. She took her car. She's you know, we're trying to get her to be independent and make some money. But, you know, a little trip to that because her check engine light and it's five hundred and fifty bucks. And I'm trying to say that's why you have a job, because this stuff comes up (laughs) and we're going to large. We're going to cover some of it, but I like to yeah, say the financial just, umbilical cord, the financial umbilical cord is never cut. <laughs> it's never cut. Yeah. Yeah. I just read a funny piece yesterday, but it's factual. Yesterday it was Halloween as we record this. So it's November 1st. They were talking about inflation in candy. I guess candy inflation is huge. And what did they say? A two to five pound bag of candy is now running 20 to $50, which is more than a four pounds of ground beef. And well, the candy inflation is over running at over 13%. I mean, I, yeah. I don't need a lot of yeah. that. Well, and the other thing they do so, is they, you know, it, and maybe not so much in the bags of candy, but definitely in cereal and potato chips as they just put less in the box in the bag. So you're buying the yep. same, you know, there's no inflation. It's the same, it's the same cost for this box until you open up the box and it's half full of air. When yeah. I was a kid, you open up the box, it was full of cereal. Right. Yeah. I know. And they have, they literally have, you know, experts who they know how to like shrink the size of the box, but visually you can't tell. Oh, yeah. And it's just less volume. That's called inflation, folks, if you're getting 20% less. So, you know, we, that's a big, big factor that not everyone, it obviously came into the spotlight in a big way yep. in the last year, year and a half, and everybody noticed it in a giant way. I feel bad for the general population who has these cost increases. I feel bad for all of us, but most of our clients can weather that. It's, it's, it's impactful, but it, it, you know, other folks, it's going to break. You know, if I mean, I see the price of gas, we're in California and it's just so we're trying to work against that. I'm at a just another thing. I mean, I dating myself, but I went to University of California school and it was 400 bucks a quarter. My son's going to one now and it's 33 grand a year. So you can't even get books for $400 a quarter now. Yeah, I mean, and apparently like a pickup truck, an F-150 is running like 85 grand. So, I mean, that's called inflation. And that's a big, big thing we we work towards. So, but yeah. keep keep going. Yeah. yeah I, it, well, on the, maybe, yes. On, yeah. I think most people don't understand, and I think that's also part of this. The, the the message to get out there is most people don't understand historically speaking the way you beat inflation. And I I think the the investments in the markets and companies and stocks I get such a bad rap in general in the media and the in the marketplace 
And I think partially because most people don't have them. So therefore, because I don't have them, they have to be bad. So that way I don't have to feel bad that I don't have them. I say all the time that companies, any company, uh, wants to produce a product or service that people want. They need to produce enough revenue to offset their costs, especially their cost of debt. So if interest rates go up, their cost of debt goes up there. It makes it harder to get that profit. Or, uh, But yeah. they want to bring that profit home to their shareholders and and preferably make more. And so, you know, the way you offset the fact that toothpaste costs more is you own a company that produces toothpaste, and then you can participate mm-hmm. in those profits. And it, it effectively, it's exchanging money, yeah. which is units of a currency, into some t- other type of unit with the hope that those units appreciate more in value. And then when you need more of that actual money unit, you can sell some of those shares, right? And not enough people realize that that's the only way you're going to be able to fight inflation. It's the only way you're going to be able to retire. Greenspan said, I think it was 2003 or four, who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve at the time, a quote, something to the effect of the future, gen- you know, we've made promises as a country to future generations we're not going to be able to fulfill. And you're on your own, which is part of freedom, right? You know, you like the freedom of the United States. It also means you have the freedom to choose and you're going to be on your own. And most people don't do enough to set aside enough to fund their retirement. I have a set of clients and actually they're extended family members and I'm dumbfounded because they have like, if they have six kids, they have 10 and one of them doesn't work because she's home with the kiddos. And one of them has a, has a very, I think he was making, if he was making 50, he was making $60,000. It was not a lot of money. But before they turned 30, they had their house paid for. They showed up to start a $100,000 of investment account. They have money saved for retirement. And I was just like, how did you do this? And they and they went into, you know, we're up here in Wisconsin. It gets cold half the year. And she and they start rattling off the different ways. Coupons. Uh, they drive their cars till they're dead. They live in a very modest little home. They turn the heat down to 60 because it turns out if you have enough blankets, you can stay warm. And they just make it work. And I think too many people are buying into the you know, bigger, better, more, got to have the new thing, spend the money. And I read recently the average $100,000 income, the person making $100,000 in the country on average is living paycheck to paycheck. And it's just like that, there's some choice to that. And again, you can only help the people that want to be helped. And it's our our role as advisors to try and help those save that don't know how and help our our clients that have this wealth help teach their kids how to be, start stewarding that wealth. So they're going yep. to receive it at some point. This all goes back to the joy of being the financial advisor is the relationship you get to have with the people to try and help them be their best selves with what they have. And it has so little to do with what the industry puts the focus on of the money and the investment and and how how we're going to try and outperform whatever we're going to outperform when yeah. really that's not what the clients are looking for. Right. And and honestly, like you've done this for a long time, like I have, it's not, unless you're making tons of money, it's not that outperformance. It's probably going to be some of those frugal things, those disciplinary factors, the folks you mentioned in Wisconsin living off 50K. I mean, I remember starting my first job when they gave us like a um, you know retirement plan that we could contribute to and then seeing it grow through, you know, and we put a, you know, I put away a huge chunk of my paycheck towards that thinking, hey, I'm, you know, I'm in my early 20s. You know what? If it, they already take all this stuff off the top, but that grew to be a pretty nice number. But I remember thinking, 
If you just let that power of compound interest go, conversely, if you're in your 20s and 30s and you're spending everything, and granted, it's tough right now because I I don't know what I would do if I was coming out of college and had to get an apartment or something now. You know, it's just mind-blowing, right? But keeping debt down, just avoiding saying no, you know, living with discipline, there's really no get-rich-quick type thing. And it just doesn't work. And it doesn't really bring happiness or satisfaction. So, you know, the millionaire next door thematically that overnight is a lot of that sort of just accumulated frugality or living within your means and working intelligently, but then letting decades and decades go by. And then it does, it's that snowball that starts, but if it keeps going down the mountain, it's going to accumulate. And then sometimes we see them reach this critical mass Now we can scale back on risk so we can say, go spend some, go do this, go live your life because of all those years. That's satisfying. That doesn't sound, um, what's the word, sexy or, you know, whatever. It works. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure you did it too. And I I remember when I got started and had my first investment and saw the interest compound and saw the, the the dividends reinvest and all of a sudden it starts growing wealth. You know, there's a saying money makes money, but the money yeah. money makes makes more, right? And so it's like it, that what got exciting too, just like watching, you know, write down your debt and write down how much every payment starts knocking it down, you see the progress which makes you committed. And unfortunately, too many people are not doing that. They're 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 trying to get rich quick and play the lottery and hopefully make up for all the all the years that they didn't set things aside. And for those of you that are listening, you know, you want to get started somewhere uh, in the accumulation phase of life. Take half of every pay raise you have and save it. Take half of every pay raise you have and try and fund that retirement plan, get that match, set that aside, because you still have half of it coming to you that allows you to go do more. But, you know, just living in, you know, it's it's amazing just trying to tell people to live within their means, and, and yet most people don't. Ironically, on that complete flip side of that, for our clients that have accumulated this money, and now they're in retirement and they tell me, I don't need any of it. We, I still like to say, I tell yeah. clients here, I'm going to send you this thousand or 2000 or $5,000 a month, depending on their lifestyle, or where they're at. And we're going to send it to your bank account at the end of the year. If I'm sending you $2,000 a month and you've accumulated $24,000, it means you didn't need it. So send it back to me. I'll send it to you again in case next year you need it. But the, yeah. the, too many clients don't take anything in. They pretend like that's not my money. It's with Robert. I'm not going to touch it. And it's like, well, no, that's not why you saved it. But because of their mental state, it's like if you don't put it in their bank account, they don't think it's theirs. And so we've tried to break down even those stereotypes to avoid the regret later on when all of a sudden they'll tell us what they wish they would have done with it. Or they sit there and go, it's just for the kids or, or it's black ink on white paper. And so it's it's this both end of trying to help people learn how to save and then and then the joy of trying to help them once they've done that and, and had the success in that. How can you enjoy the fruit that that can give you to, the, to make that life better? Yeah, there's there's so many aspects that I do hear that I don't need it. I've accumulated this life's been, you know, it's been a struggle, but it's been good. Then it might be going deeper. Well, how do you want to direct that? What would you, you know, you've created a legacy. This is the result of all those nights you kept the heat at 60 degrees and probably a little colder and you put on an extra blanket. And you made these sacrifices. You know, what do you want? To, that to come of and helping them achieve that. And it's really, that's a, that's a testament to all their hard work, all their legacy. You know, we, we have folks that are probably listening in their 20s just getting started. How do I get there? Well, hopefully we've shed a little light, given some insight into how that's done. 
it always seems easier looking back, right? You know, yeah. we're, we're looking back on this, but so, you know, even I had the pleasure of helping my son had opened up a Roth IRA with some stuff from a call. He did it all on his own, looked at some Vanguard stuff, gave him some guidance, came to me one day, Hey dad, can you give me a little insight? Because this is what you do for a living. And then I, he was pretty advanced. It was pretty cool to see him him do that. But we we really enjoy that. And clients, I've I've had their children come in, or you know, they're welcome to come in and get some thoughts and advice. But it's just a lot of what we do is very much of a sounding board. We just give them sound advice. That permission you talk about. If they're if they are spending five thousand, sometimes they just want to run it by someone who really understands yeah. them in a D and says, no, that's rational. That makes sense. And, and it, or it might be, you're, you, this is really kind of a silly decision, but I mean, if you want to do it, you, it's not going to kill you. I, I remember years back, I had a client who really nice gentleman. He had like a terminal diagnosis. Uh, I work with his uh, adult son now that's been going on 20 years, but I remember him, they didn't really have that much, but he was terminal and then he goes in and he buys this Jaguar, you know, at the time it was like 75. It was like a big deal for him, you know, from his net worth. And I remember thinking, oh, man, that's a really silly purchase. And I guess, you know, he told me, I just, I'm going, I just wanted to drive. I always want to do that. He did it. It wasn't a smart, the, the son later ended up selling it, you know, because it wasn't his style at a big discount. So but what are you going to do? You know, you're not going to deny him his dignity. And, um, yep. you know, here he is. He, you know, it made an impact. So we, we've seen a lot of situations. We're just here as sounding boards to give people good thoughts. You know, whether that means save some more before or go spend it, go, go do these things, get some joy if you like to gift out or want to help some students or, you know, maybe you can make a younger person's life a whole lot easier. The money will help with that. Life's not the easiest thing going on out there. There's a lot of challenges, but a little, some money helps. It does buy some freedom and some independence and some choice. I think that's a lot of what we're striving at as well. I'm, I'm sensing from you. So it's awesome having this discussion and just collaborating. And what else would you like to share as we start to close up? And I know you have a book and you're welcome to share how people can get that or any big points, yeah. salient points. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so total relationship, uh, it's, you can find it on Amazon. It went live here a couple of days ago. And again, it's, it's, it's talking into trying to help the individual realize what a role an advisor can bring that's different from, I think, what the stereotype is. And it's also written to try and help the financial advisor step out of the stereotype that most of them are in to maybe find a new enlightenment about what the what the joy of having a total relationship with a client can really be. That's awesome. That's That sounds great. So that's out there. You were kind enough to send me a copy, the total relationship. So I just, just got it, it last yeah. couple of days. I will go through that. I know there's a lot of questions, you know, that, but you've spent years doing this. You have this. Maybe everyone doesn't qualify to be your client or mine, but but here's a framework and we're both reachable. So if if we can help anyone at, at a certain point, it's more like we don't have to do this anymore, but we get to do it. So we uh, I'm sensing you're the same, but it's really about the quality of the engagements, making a difference for folks setting aside some of the, you know, just the stereotypes or the the things, the media or all this press drives people to think they have to have that for their happiness or success. Maybe yes, maybe no. We've seen a lot of 
we're dealing with the real live cases here. So, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. So that's, that's amazing, Tyson. Appreciate you having me on. And I look forward to uh, continuing to, to share this message. And it's a privilege to be on with somebody that's a like-minded and, and uh, kudos to you for the for can the Pareto coaching and, you know, iron sharpening iron and trying to make each other better as advisors to then go help more people. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's just always working on yourself to make the process better for our clients to, to be even better at what we do to maybe hear things better. We've got all the technical acumen, but it's sometimes it's just listening or really understanding the people we work with and trying to hone in that process and always be a, a little bit better at it. And it, it takes some effort, but I was reflecting back the other day. I honestly, I don't know too many people that work as hard as I do. at just always trying to improve myself, but I, I sense you may be one of those folks. Well, it's well, not work but, when it's fun. It's not work when it's your yeah. passion, right? It's not work right. when it energizes you. And when you can see the difference you make. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's rewarding for sure. Mm -hmm. So Thanks for the good work you do and for coming on and let's stay in touch. This is great. Really appreciate, appreciate it, Robert. It. Thank you. Thanks, Tyson. Thank you for listening to the Millionaire Next Door podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. Signature Estate and Investment Advisors, LLC, SEIA is an SEC-registered investment advisor. However, such registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training, and no inference to the contrary should be made. Securities offered through Signature Estate Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through SEIA LLC, 2121 Avenue of the Stars, Suite 1600, Los Angeles, California, 90067. Telephone number... 310-712-2323. Securities through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Form Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Raymond James and its advisors do not provide tax advice. Form Wealth Advisors is located at 431 Geneva National Avenue South, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, and you can reach the office at 262-686-3005.